We do this for the people, we empower people. We do this for the people, we embracing freedom. We do this for the people, we empower people. We do this for the people, we embracing freedom. We do this for the people, we created equal. Talking about the subjects that'll help you be a leader. It's time to use your mind instead of killing people. The strongest man alive is the one who's thinking. It's time to show some pride. Like your name, Vegeta. We the people for the people coming through your speakers. We the people for the people coming through your speakers. We the people for the people coming through your speakers. And next up, we have the strategy lady, Miss Adrian Jenkins Hunt, and she's going to go over her business as well as you know the plans and take questions from anybody. Um, again, you can reach us at six four six 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 eight eight four seven nine, and on Twitter at We the People R D I O. Miss um, Hunt, go for it. You got the floor. Hey, first of all, I want to um, thank you for allowing me to. Um, be on your broadcast. Can you hear me? Am I talking loud enough? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the first part of the show. Um, I was listening in, and I'm actually going to try to tie some of it into um, what I want to talk about today. Um, but first, I am um, the strategy lady, um, and that's just a name that I got because I'm a strategist. I see steps. In everything, and so I started my business, Hunt's Business Solutions, back in 2009, and um, I started it for a couple of reasons. The primary reason, though, was that I was surrounded by entrepreneurs, and I truly believe that one of the uh, pillars that we need as a community, um, especially being people of color, is um, economic empowerment. You know, I believe that we need yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I believe that we need um, books, the ballots, and we need businesses. So, But I would always encounter people who had a really good business idea, but they were struggling with the execution. And so um, people kept asking me questions, asking me questions, and then finally I just decided, you know what, um, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to help uh, people. Um, our goal is to um, help people grow their businesses in a way that they want to do it so that they can have a positive impact on their families and their um, community. So what I want to talk to you about today is uh, my signature program, which is called Your Funds Are in the Fundamentals. And um, FUNDS is actually an acronym for me. So um, if anyone has any questions before I get going, just kind of let me know. Um, otherwise, I'm going to jump right into my presentation. So, any questions? No, no ma'am. All right. No, ma'am. Go um, for one of the go things ahead. that I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Say, go things, ahead. You got it. One of the things that I have found, you know, we've all heard the statistic that 50% of businesses, new businesses, fail within the first two years, and there's a lot of reasons why that happens. But the two main areas that my particular business addresses is either, one, there's something that the entrepreneur doesn't know. There's some skill set that they don't have that can help them power their business forward. And what I mean by that is you may bake the best pie in the world. And so you go into business because you want to bake pies. But what you don't realize is at some point for your business to grow, you need to learn how to be a manager. You need to be a visionary. You need to be able to hire. And so because of that, you don't – your business doesn't do quite as well because you aren't able to um, do some of the um, other things. Like all you can do is bake pies. And if all you can do is bake pies, you're going to literally own your job right, versus if you can get yourself to the place where you say, I'm going to open a pie business, and I'm going to actually end up having other people bake the pies, and I'm going to gain the skill set that I need to actually really run a business, now you've got something that you can take off. Um, The other reason that a lot of businesses fail is people 
fail to plant. What's old is new again, and the old adage never changes. People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And in whatever um, construct you try to do it, whether you say, you know, people say, well, you don't need a business plan today. You don't need a written plan. It's in my head. Or business plans are old-fashioned. If you don't plan, if you don't take a systematic look at your business, you're going to get blindsided somewhere, and your business is going to fail. And it's because you didn't plan, and it's nobody's fault but yours. It's not because people didn't want to support you and all of the other things that we see. So what I did was I created a program that actually, once you go through the program, you've done the majority of the work that you need to do to have a profitable business. So if you're taking notes, what I'd like for you to do is write down the word funds, F-U-N-D-S-S, but write it straight down and not cross over, okay? Because each one of those um, letters is actually a business principle that if you get it, you're going to take your business a long way. Um, the first one is find a problem that you can solve, okay? That's your F. So many people come to me and they say, I have always wanted to do this. Man, I have always wanted to create um, peas and carrots ice cream because I'm a vegan, okay? You may want peas and carrots ice cream, but that may not be something that other people want. And so you can spend a whole lot of time solving a problem that doesn't really need to be solved, right? Um, so, um, and I'm actually going to give examples of quite a few of the clients that I work with, except one of my examples, we're actually going to go to Wakanda and talk about it, okay? So uh, one of my clients, one of my very early clients, draws. He just draws. He draws for a habit. He's been drawing since he was three years old. Um, a friend of his who actually happened to be his roommate had a business, and he needed a flyer, and he could never get exactly what he wanted. And so this particular client said, hey, I can draw that for you. Well, he drew for that person, and then he started drawing for another person and another person, and then he realized, you know what, I can solve a problem, and from that he created his business. Right, And so now he does logos and websites and things like that, but he looked within himself and he found a problem that he could solve, and that's what he focused on. Um, the next letter is you, understanding the industry and your capability. A lot of times we go out and we look at the industry, we look at how and why people do things, but we don't balance that with what we're actually um, able to do. Um, for example, when um, when Facebook was first um, invented, he had an idea of what he wanted to do. He knew he couldn't do it all, but he but he's like, I, and for some reason I'm just tired, and I can't tell you who did Facebook right now because um, I got Steve Jobs on the brain for some reason, and I know it wasn't him. But um, so what he did was, I'll build a platform and put it on Google, but if you actually do the research, what you really wanted was something that was more like Google. So um, I have a client that bakes, and she bakes cakes and pies and cookies and all kind of things. Her specialty is cakes. Now, I don't know how many of you remember, I want to say maybe it was 2007, 2008, when the economy went down, and you know, people were cutting back their budgets, people were losing their jobs and things like that. And so a lot of people, they, they scaled down parties and celebrations and things like that. And so they didn't want to buy whole cakes because cakes are expensive, you guys. Well, people were like, okay, I want red velvet cake, but I don't want a whole cake. So people started making cupcakes. And that's really how cupcakes got to be so popular. We were like, okay, you don't want a whole cake, but I can make that cake batter, and I can make a couple dozen cupcakes, and instead of selling one whole cake, I can sell two dozen cupcakes, and it took off. You saw whole businesses that were created around cupcakes because 
the industry, the baking industry kind of went down, and so they had to find um, another loophole. That's another reason why about that same time you started to see a lot of food trucks because people, I have a friend, he makes the best ribs in Orlando. Matter of fact, he just was in a contest, and they voted him the best ribs in Orlando. And so in your natural mind, you go from your kitchen to the restaurant. But when he was doing research, food trucks are cheaper. So you started to see so many more people go into um, food trucks. So this particular person, in addition to understanding her capabilities, she knew she could bake. I also um, talked to her about a law that changed in Florida that affected her industry. And it used to be in Florida you could make about $15,000 cooking in your kitchen without a food license as long as you met certain criteria. Well, when the economy went down and what they wanted to do was encourage more cottage industries, which is what they call it, they doubled that amount. So when, when we talked, when we worked together on her program, it was like, okay, you can make X amount of money without having to um, go out, get a license, have your kitchen inspected and all of that. I gave that very same information to a person who makes the best peanut brittle I've ever had in my life, and I'm from Virginia, and we have the peanut capital of the world. Well, my cupcake lady, she acted on hers, and she has a really thriving bakery business now, and the other person still only makes peanut brittle around Christmas time, and she doesn't make a dime off of it. And it's really good, but, you know, another several people I talked to, people making brownies and things like that, but because they didn't understand all the changes in the industry and how they could capitalize on it, um, the end is for niche naturally, okay? There was a song back in the day, and when I say back in the day because I'm closer to 60 than I am to 50, and that's about all I'll tell you, um, but there was an old song that said, if it don't fit, don't force it, right? I see so many people who they're looking at what they want to do. They have their broad business plan, and then they go and do X because that's what everybody told them they should do. And sometimes that's in your career also. But what you have to do is when you find your niche, you have to do what comes naturally to you. Um, one of my uh, clients that I work with, and she's actually my stylist as well, she does natural hair. And she did natural hair before natural hair got popular. So she went, she did all of the training and whatnot. She can do perms or whatever. But she was concerned about people being able to style their hair professionally and not use chemicals. And so that's where... She built her brand. That is pretty much all she does. If people want to do other things, she literally refers them out, right? And so because that's the space where she chose to play and build her brand, her business has grown and thrived. Like, you can't get an appointment. I booked my appointments a couple of months out because when I first started going to her, you could just pick up the phone and say, can I come in tomorrow, and it would be fine. Now you have to book way, way out because people know this is all she does. She built it. She refers other people. So now she's created these relationships with other businesses. They complement each other. They're not in competition with each other, and everybody um, does well. Um, the D is demographics, psychographics, and branding. And I want to talk about a client that I recently worked with, Ramona Shanae, um, my from my sister's empowerment network. Um, one of the things that we did with her is she knew that she wanted to have a conference. Um, but she was a little frustrated when we first started working with her because she just wasn't really sure that she was reaching who she wanted to reach. So the first thing we did was we looked at who her demographics were, who are the people that she was currently reaching. She's reaching somebody because she had a couple of thousand people in her group. Once we figured out the two broad groups of people that she was reaching, 
Then we set out to try to learn everything we could about those two particular groups of people. And, I mean, we, we took people that she knew in those groups, and we literally stalked them on Facebook, you know. We looked at some of their other social media pages, things that we knew, the way they that they posted on social media. We looked at when they post, how they post, what type of things they respond to. So she was able to not only understand their demographics, which are things like age, race, whether you live in the city, the suburbs, you know, whether you're a religious person or not, and then also the psychographics, which are their habits, so that we could um, better target and market them when we were looking for the conference. Once you know the demographics and the psychographics, then you can start thinking about your branding. Think about branding is like putting makeup on really great skin. One of the biggest mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make is they sit back, they think about their business, they know what they want to do, and then they decide, so I want um, and, and I'm going to think about Ramona Shanae, her old logo and things like that. I think it was pink and black and it had a cross in it and it had all of these different, you know, the fonts were kind of big and whatnot. And because that's what she saw in her mind when she, when she um, first came up with that particular group. But when you get into branding, branding is not just your logo, right? Branding is what you want people to think about when they see your business. So your color is important. It's not your favorite color. My favorite color is red, and it just happens to work with my particular logo. But so, like, a lot of women, they swing towards pink or they swing towards purple because those are, like, chick colors. But if you notice, um, for example, um, a lot of dentists, they use blue because blue is kind of calming and, and soothing and things like that. Black is very formal. Um, if daycare centers, they use primary colors because they're bright and they're eye-catching. And colors send messages, font messages. I encourage everybody that I interact with, if you are going to cut corners as you are setting up your business, don't cut the corners in your branding because that is the face that people see. That's the first thing people interact with when they deal with your business. And the second thing I tell people is don't think about branding until you've thought about your demographics, your psychographics. You know what you want to do, who you want to talk to. You know what language you want to speak to them. And by language, I'm not talking about you know, English versus Spanish, but do you want to speak very formal? Is that going to resonate with your people? Or do you want to be down home and country? Do you want to, um, some people, um, they use just a little bit of profanity when they talk to people. That turns some people off, that turns some people on. But you have to know what resonates with your particular target market before you build your brand. One more thing I want to throw in about demographics, psychographics, and branding. I don't care how wonderful of an idea that you have, your business, your product, your company is not for everybody. I saw, I saw it again yesterday on um, one of the Facebook groups I'm in, and I just wanted to scream. They were talking about, who is your ideal client? Oh, my ideal client is everybody. No, it's not, okay? Or when I talk to people, I say, what's the age range of your ideal client? 18 to 65, no. If you're targeting an age range more than 15 years, you probably need to narrow that down, and here's why. Like I said, I'm in my 50s. I'm closer to 60 than 50, but that's all I'm going to tell you. But you would talk to me different than you would talk to my son, right, because he's 30-something. We speak different languages. Our, you know, you could show him something, and he'll see it one way, and I'll see it the other way. On top of that, um, I have a cousin who's doing very well in a hair care business. She sells hair right? 
and her she built her brand on being able to do these fabulous weaves and stuff like that. Well, I wear dreadlocks, so I don't need her product. It doesn't mean I don't love her. It doesn't mean I don't want to support her. It means that I don't need what she has to sell. So if you're an entrepreneur and you find yourself saying, you know, my friends and family won't support me and all of that, it could be that you're trying to sell to people who don't need or want what it is you have to offer. And when you know who your ideal client is and you've been able to um, look at their, you know, nail down their demographics, their psychographics, then you can find the people who are ready and willing and able to buy what you're selling. Okay, does that make sense? Um, the first S is sales and marketing, and that's where I want to talk about the movie um, Black Panther. And you guys had a really good discussion about that. I thought it was um, great. Um, I have never seen a Marvel movie in my life. I probably, I know, you know, Davis is just going to probably fall out, but I'll probably never see another one, okay? But the sales and marketing of that project was brilliant. People started talking about it last year. They started putting out the, the trailers and things like that. Uh, people started to get excited about it. You know, they didn't do the red carpet. They did the purple carpet. And, you know, people who were going to watch a Marvel movie we're going to watch a Marvel movie anyway. But I can't tell you how many people that I talked to I talked just today at church that had never seen a Marvel movie and loved it. So we got something totally different out of the movie than you guys did. So they marketed one way, you know, for your regular Marvel people. We know y'all are coming anyway. But when they talked about it, they started letting us understand you know, what the whole scope of the movie was about, they drew in a whole totally different group of people. And that's um, one of the reasons why I think the last time I checked, which is why you guys were actually talking about it, uh, worldwide it's up to $387 billion just over the weekend. So that's phenomenal, but that's because their sales and their marketing strategy was just so on point. They knew who they were talking to. They knew how to talk to them. I'm still, I just um, checked out my social media feed a few minutes ago, and I can't tell you how many times it pops up on my, hey, you know, you want to get Black Panthers playing now, go see it. You know, it was on, somebody was on just about every show that there was, and there was actually what made me want to go see the movie was I was watching um, Sister Circle one day um, during the week, and they were talking about it. And they talked about it in a way that made me say, I have to go see this movie. Now um, I'm going back to Wakanda tomorrow. I'm going to go see the movie again. And then after that, well, you know, so Black Panther will probably be the only Marvel movie that I ever see, but um, they, it, it drew me in, and it was the sales and the marketing. Um, the last S, because my funds has two S's in it, is systems and structure. And I want to talk about the Girl Scouts. Now, when I was a Girl Scout, you had to get out, you had to go door to door, you didn't have to take your parents with you, and you sold cookies. So I actually didn't realize that I was a salesman until I became a Girl Scout because I would go up to your house and say, I'm selling Girl Scout cookies. How many you want to buy? How many boxes you want to buy? Now, you know, they're selling them at grocery stores and things like that. I got a message on Facebook the other day because now you can go buy your Girl Scout cookies online, okay? They've changed their whole structure of how they sell things um, so that they're more effective. And the little girl was like, I want to sell 200 boxes of cookies. Here, click this link, order your cookies, and my mama will deliver them to church on Sunday. So another thing that we have to make sure that we have in our businesses is the proper systems and structure so that we can undergird our businesses. You can literally um, go online, and if you had my private link, you could go online, book an appointment with me, 
pay and do all of that, and I could still be asleep. I could be asleep, okay? So, but to do that, you have to have your systems and your structure in place. And part of having your systems and structures in place, too, is having a business roundtable. You don't know, none of us knows everything, and so we need to have people around us that can help us run our businesses. At minimum, you need a bookkeeper or an accountant. You need an attorney, okay? I'm going to say you need a business coach because I am one. And you also always need a person that will tell you, you know, okay, now you're tripping. Okay? That's just not even, now you're tripping. You need somebody that can help keep you grounded because as you begin to grow and prosper, you don't want to let um, – you don't want to let yourself go to a place where nobody can tell you anything or they can't pull you back to what your original why you went into business in the first place. So those are your fundamentals. Find a problem you can solve, understand the industry and your capabilities, niche naturally, you know, nail the demographics, the psychographics, and the branding get your sales and marketing strategy, and then your systems and structure in place, and you're going to go a long way to not joining what I call the 64, uh, the, the 44% club, and that's those businesses that fail. I think 44% fail within the first five years. So that's my program. Yeah. Any questions? Plain Jane, I know you said you had some questions beforehand, so go ahead. Well, no. Oh, oh my God, you called me out. Okay. Um, one, okay, God, Mommy, I have a few questions. One, I know you said that um, you help other people. So is, in my opinion, for me, is there a way that since I, my whole thing is for um, to help people and, I guess, give them a lending hand, I just don't know how to incorporate that into like a business perspective if that makes okay, sense. Okay, when you Yeah, okay, so when you say um you want to help people, how do you want to help people? Okay, well, I have this ideal I I mean idea of what I want to do. So, um I like marketing stocks and like anything economic. Like I I I think it's just great. So, my idea was to like um First, I wanted to work into a bank and see, you know, how that stuff was going to go and then eventually get into accounting and then, um, I guess, give, get enough money to, like, get in my real estate license and flip houses and give, like, people that are, I guess, coming from prison and that don't really have a job, like, a job to build with me and basically make a team out of it and, like, give those houses and flip them to people that are on Section 8, but, like, it's not, I'm not really, like, discounting the houses, not like Section 8. It's not going to be like it. It's going to be something better to where the father can come into the household and not have to worry about it, but it's going to be affordable, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay, let me ask and, you two questions. Oh, go ahead. Well, let me ask you two mm-hmm. questions real quick. How do you plan on paying for that? Do you plan on being a nonprofit? Hmm. I didn't or are you going to go out and get, like, say, venture capital? You know, are you going to go out and borrow the money? Oh, I was thinking about being a nonprofit now that you say something. Okay. Got it. So now you you told me four things that I only caught three. One, you wanted to get into accounting. Um, you wanted to split houses because what you kind of wanted to do was work with people who are coming out of prison and then, you know, some people who are kind of living in an impoverished area so that they could have um, more affordable housing. And I think there was something else you said you wanted to do, right? Uh, I, I don't even remember right now, but I just, okay. yeah, so let's, let's take these three. Let's take these three and put it kind of in, because normally when people give me a multiple idea, I try to have them settle on one. Actually, I think yours is progression, okay? So what okay. do you do for a living now? Are you an accountant? No, ma'am. Um, 
I'm not. I'm actually a babysitter right now. That's, that's all I do. I, I don't currently have a job, but I wanted to go okay. to school for business finance. Okay. All right. And did you graduate? No, not, no man, okay. not yet. Okay. So there's a couple different um, routes that you can go. So it looks like what you want to do is kind of in the future. So you say you're babysitting right now, so you're actually generating some income. And so what you need to start doing is, is trying to set aside a little bit so that it can finance your dream later. Now, part of what you're going to need to finance your dream is finish that accounting piece in whatever um, um, form that takes, okay? So if you want to be an accountant, you can either, you know, once you finish your education, because that's one that you probably really need an education on, you can either go work in a bank. I think you mentioned that. And if you're working in a bank, then on the side, you could start doing bookkeeping for small businesses, right? Or you could teach people how to balance their budgets. There are whole um, – I've actually been in two presentations. One, she was actually a bookkeeper for businesses, and the other person, she she told her story about how she was in an astronomical amount of debt and how she got herself out of it and how she budgeted and, you know, everything is okay now. And people pay her to give her presentation. So now you've, you've monetized that piece of it. You can then kind of branch off and get into the flipping houses while you either work with another organization that you could partner with to help with um, transition for people coming out of prison. So you kind of see how, though, you got to take it piece by piece. So mm-hmm. I would work the accounting piece first. And know that the real estate and then your community, things that you want to do to give back to your community, comes third. You'll be busy the rest of your life. But I think that's a wonderful thing that you want to do. Call me when you get your accounting degree. Okay. <laughs> I will. Okay. That's probably going to take a little bit, but I'm I'm going to try. No, and that's, that's fine. I was 37 when I finished my bachelor's degree. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. It's because I took some side roads. I, like, dropped out of college, got married, all that kind of stuff. I don't recommend that. But what I'm saying is it doesn't take you – let's say it takes you 10 years to to get the accounting degree, right? right. So how old are you today? Uh, 22. You're 22 today. So in 10 years, you're going to be 32. Whether it takes you 10 years to finish school or not, you're still going to be 32, so, okay, it's going to take a long time, but you're going to be moving forward, and that's the good part. It took you it, – I didn't know that. So you're so successful, and it, and you got your bachelor's degree at um, 37? Yeah, something like that. I was trying to graduate by the time I was 40. I have no idea why. Oh my gosh! You're and you're and you have like tons of people coming to you, asking you for advice. And do you only have your bachelor's degree, or do you have um, more degrees? I have my bachelor's degree. My bachelor's degree is in human resources. But what I did was I found a thing that was very authentic to me. I'm a teacher anyway. And so um, as I was just kind of going through and doing some things, God showed me how I could monetize what I was doing. So that, and so from there, I have a bachelor's degree on paper, but I probably read more books last year than anybody um, that, you know, that I kind of know that has a bachelor's degree. I think one year I read 55 just business books. Right now, for this year alone, I'm reading books number seven and eight. So it, wow. it's not a matter of, I mean, I've seen people with bachelor's degree that I wouldn't trust to babysit my children. So it's just mm-hmm. a matter of not being so enamored with degrees. And if you're going to go to school, you don't even have to spend an insane amount of money to get your education. Get the qualifications that you need because the degree just means that, okay, I have the capacity to learn. Um, a lot of people, when they're coming out of school, they're not doing what they went to school for. 
for your case, if you want to be effective in a, in the accounting field, you're going to have to go to college. So find yourself a good school, and if you have to take one class at a time, get your degree. Because hmm. um, at first, like, I, I did not know what I wanted to do, and that kind of messed me up because I was just like, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then when I got into it, I'd be like, oh, man, okay, well, this sucks because I wanted to go to school for um, a law. And for the longest time, like, mom kept putting that in my head. And then when I really got into it, I was just like, okay, this sucks. This is a lot to remember. And all these articles and all these rules and regulations, it was like a whole different language in itself. And it was kind of confusing and just so many loopholes that you really have to just break down. And I was just like, okay, screw this. I don't want to do this. So when um, – Somebody brought it to my attention. Well, me and my brother, I'd say, for example, he's he's wanted to be an NFL superstar. And so I was just like, well, that's great. If I go to school for accounting and stuff like that, since I love economics and all that good stuff, I could be the one to um, help you get your money up and, you know, work with you and for you while you're doing this for me. So that's really what kind of made it stick to my mind. And I was just like, okay, accounting. But I didn't realize, well, I kind of stuck at math, too, but I didn't realize, like, how, how um, I guess, convenient it is. Because I was going to go for also um, business management, but Daddy told me that um, anybody can run a business, but it takes a real person to learn about the money in the business and how the money flows and where it comes from and stuff like that. So Okay, this, this is what I'm going to tell this, this is what I'm going to tell you. And uh, because I do some personal development as well, um, I think you need to do two things. You, one, you need to stop looking for the easy way uh, because the easy way is not going to fulfill you. Two, you need to go to school, and for probably the first two years, I don't know how much school you have under, you need to do a general major because you really are not sure what it is you want to do, and you need to find that thing that jumps out at you. We spent a lot of time with you talking about you wanted to be in accounting, but then you said, I love economics. You didn't tell me you loved accounting. So oh, and you know, what I probably want you to do is have one of your parents call me and let's take this offline. Okay, definitely. Dottie's going to give you a free session. Oh, thank you. Okay. I need it. Yes, ma'am. Any other questions? Yep. Hold on just a second. Let me put her in. Hey there. This is Ramona Shanae. How are you? Hi, Ramona Shanae. What can I do for you today? Well, I know that um, first I want to say it's just been a total awesome privilege working with you with um, with our strategy sessions. But my question that I want to pose to you is a lot of questions I've been getting, um, you know, offline as I've been getting little messages here and there. Um, so two, actually two questions. Why do you suggest that someone needs a business coach? I know that I can answer that myself. And then the second question would be is, okay, we have these ideas. You know, we want this small business. Where do we start? Okay. Those are very good good questions. Um, first of all, I'm going to tell you why you need a business coach, okay? Um, and I see so many people that they talk about the different things that you do when you're coaching. When you hire a coach, if you hire me as a coach, you're getting one of three things, probably all of them. One, accountability. Sometimes you just need somebody that can watch over you and make sure you get it done. For example, as you were going through the coaching program, you knew when your next meeting was and you knew that you had to have that segment of your homework done by a certain time versus, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. Two, when you hire a coach, you get speed, okay? What you get is the experience of the coach so you're able to get where you're going faster and avoid some mistakes. And then third, you hire a coach because you want results, okay? When you are talking about when you have this idea and you you don't know what to do next, you want to start a bit, don't quit your day job, okay? What you do is you start doing what you 
think it is on the sign. When I first started Hunt's Business Solutions, I wanted to just basically offer administrative support, right? Um, create forms, do this. I help people figure out how to track stuff and whatever. So where I started is not actually where I am now. So as you go along the journey, you kind of get clarity. So start with what you think it is and then move forward, but don't quit your day job. Okay, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I um, just from me speaking from my personal experience with you, the accountability was great. Um, there were things that, you know, <laughs> matter of fact, I just remember I was like, oh, gosh, I got homework. I got to turn it in. But, um, you know, just one thing that I really, really enjoyed um, as I was taking a, a, a a thing that I wanted, you know, I had this great idea. I didn't know where to start. I was like, okay, we have this idea. I don't know where it's going or whatever the case may be. You know, no, I didn't have all these different degrees, and but I just knew in my heart I had a passion for something, something that I love. And it sounds like plain Jane might be following in my footsteps just a little bit. I'm just going to leave that right there. But uh-huh. oh my gosh. But oh my it gosh. is Yeah, we're gonna need can y'all mute plain Jane please? <laughs> but um but one thing that um that we hear is that there's so many people that have these dreams and they have these visions, but they just don't know where it is to start. They everybody's like, Okay, write the vision board. What okay, so we have all these pieces of paper that we're looking at constantly and we're not doing anything with it. I know for me, I got tired of looking at the same old thing over and over again. And then, you know, I was like, okay, I need to move forward with this. And, um, you know, that's where, that's when I decided I needed somebody in my life, um, which actually happened to be you, um, that could actually show me and point me in the right direction and give me the accountability. And so, um, but I know like a lot of people um, that may not have uh, um, you just yet as their small business coach, they're like, where do I start? You know, they have the vision board. What is the next step after the vision board that you would say besides don't quit the day job? Um, and, and, then, and I'll do a side note because I think plain Jane called you God, Mommy, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to let that go. But, um, oh, my God. Let me answer your question because I want to jump in and make one more point before we're gone. What you do after you've done your vision board, which I've never done a vision board in my life, is do something. Pick something that you can accomplish within the next 90 days and do that. I want to go back to the discussion that you guys had when you were talking about Black Panther, and somebody made the comment about Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler, you know, working together again. Um, one of the things when you're putting together your systems and your structures that work, you do what works, okay? They have found that this works for them. They're actually in the talks now for making another movie, which I will probably go see because the synergy and what they get together works, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that was one of the points I wanted to bring out about um, Black Panther. They hit, They clicked on something that worked. And so they're just going full board with it. And I think that's wonderful. And I will be looking for that next movie. Any other questions? I actually do. Um, okay. As a person who owns a uh, radio show, um, mm-hmm. and we're trying to gather or our listenership, I'm, I'm so tempted to say viewership all the time, and increase that mm-hmm. and increase the interaction and everything else. And I know that we had spoke previously, and you had told me about, you know, getting a mailing list and everything else. Um, is there any other tips or anything you have for our show since you've been listening as far as, like, the fluidity, you know, getting our messages out there, using social media and stuff like that? Oh, I'm so glad you brought up social media. Um, a couple of things. One and people are afraid to do this when I tell them to do it, but it works. And so in the fundamental parts of it, I'm going to go back to the demographics and psychographics. Remember when we were talking and you were talking about identifying your ideal client? What you want to do is you want to literally be talking to one person because there are like millions of people that are just like them. 
So find the people that need to hear what you're talking about and then learn to target them. Now, as far as social media goes, and that's the place where you build a, um, a lot of your following. You know, of course, everybody and their cousin is on Facebook, and then you've got Twitter and social media, but the algorithms keep changing all the time, right? So I'm going to give you um, – I, I don't know how many I'm going to give you off the top of my head, but here's some things that you can do as you're building your audience in Facebook that will kind of keep your stuff going, like, um, for free. One, content. You've got to have the really good content, and I know that a lot of times people are looking for the answer. Everybody knows what the question is or what they think the question is, but if you can position yourself as the person who has the answer, as the broadcast that has the answer, you're going to walk away from this and you're going to know more now than you know then. That's number one. Content is everything. Um, we used to teach people that you need to figure out exactly what's on that. You know, there used to be charts that says everybody, you know, you, you should post on Facebook this day, this time, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, guess what? Everybody read those charts and everybody was posting at the same time. What you need to do is look at your insights on your social media platforms and find out when your people are online and post then. But never post, and this is the, the new piece, never post at exactly the same time, right? Always kind of try to vary it between 10 to 15 minutes because otherwise Facebook especially will figure out that you're like automating your posts and they want things to be kind of more conversational and so your stuff will get um, lower um, in the um, – they'll, they'll show it to fewer people, Okay. Um, I've been testing this, and it actually works. When I put something out on social media, if people start responding to it, I wait 10, 15 minutes before I make a comment on it again. Because what social media, what Facebook is doing now is they want to almost boost stuff that people are starting to engage with. So I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but I did a rant today um, on my My Two Cents page about people's reaction to the movie Black Panther. And immediately it just kind of picked up. And so I tend to let things kind of go organically. And then I'll go make a comment again because it kind of refreshes it, if you will. Does that make sense? Um, ultimately, in social media, you're going to have to pay to play. Okay. At some point, because they're not, if, if you can't do something that people pick up automatically, then you're going to have to pay to kind of boost your post. Finally, live is it. They want you to be going live, videos, um, and if you go from YouTube to Facebook, it doesn't go as well in the social media algorithm than if you go straight Facebook Live, because Facebook wants you to do everything on their page, okay? But in the midst of all of that, the reason that I talk about building a mailing list is because if you build your entire everything on social media platforms, you're like a sharecropper. You're building on borrowed land. So everything that you do should ultimately point back to your website so that when they change their algorithms next week, you can still reach your people, okay? So that's kind of how you can start to beat the Facebook algorithms and then also have people, when they go on their page, they need to, um, and I'm trying to get to it on Facebook, when you like a page, you need to have people make that a priority. You can make 30 people or pages kind of like a priority and then everything that they post will hit. Okay. All right. So that's that's just some of the um the the newer kind of beat the algorithms um that are out there. But just and and understand that even when you're doing it, no matter what social media platform you have, it takes a while to build an audience. A lot of people who have and, and not a lot of people but, but don't fall to the temptation of buying, you know, likes and followers and things like that. Because if you have 10,000 followers and only five people engage, 
you're still not going to get very much organically in social media. I would rather have a smaller group that's actively engaged because that's going to help push your stuff up. And then just make sure you have enough of a budget where you can spend, you know, $5 or so a week boosting because ultimately you do have to pay to play. Cool beans. Mikey, Sheila, you got anything? I'm just soaking it all in. Me too. It's a lot of really good information. Thank you. Well, if you decide that you have another question or something, I'm sorry, was somebody asking a question? Nope. Okay. You can you can always you know um, follow me on Facebook. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere on social media at Huntsbiz, H-U-N-T-S-B-I-Z. Um, you can follow me. I do have a um, a uh, a public um, page where, you know, I kind of post and do articles and things like that. Um, and then, you know, I have a different page that I use for, like, clients and so forth where I have, like, a closed um, business group. Um, anybody who reached out for me, to me as a result of this call um, or this um, podcast, I will let you in that group. Um, I give way more information there. And then, um, like I said, I'm also I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And then um, I also have my personal blog, which is My Two Cents, where you don't get a whole lot of business stuff, but you get a lot of the personal development pieces. And I rant every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right, so that's huntsbiz.com. Huntsbiz.com. Yes, that's my website. Yes. Oh. All right, and your Twitter handle is what? Huntsbiz. H U N T S B I Z at Huntsbiz. All right. So, and we'll be posting that on our site and on our Twitter page as well. Um, to make sure that people know, and hopefully this helps you out because you've helped us out tonight. Um, we appreciate it so much. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, thank you for having me, and I'll be glad to come back anytime. Yes, ma'am. All right, well, with that being said, we thank everybody that listened online. Um, thanks for, for everybody that called in. You can also get this link. Um, we'll be posting it on our social medias, and you can go to our uh, page at Blog Talk. Thank you so much for joining us again on We the People Radio, and have a good night. Bye-bye.